This is Daniel Fagellan. You're listening to the AI in Business podcast. We've covered many use cases in the past few months, from banking and financial services to manufacturing and beyond. And many of those use cases, we've talked about the importance of collaboration. We had a whole series called AI is Here, which was a special Monday series that we ran for a few months, which covered the success factors in AI adoption. And one of those across the board is successful collaboration with teams. Our topic today is the importance of subject matter experts. And this is important because many of you listening in right now are not necessarily the lead data scientist in an AI project. Instead, you are the business person who may have context on the business process or business outcome that we're looking for. Where do you fit in precisely in deciding on an AI project, in executing on an AI project, and in communicating to leadership and stakeholders about how a project is going? As it turns out, subject matter experts are among the most important ingredient in the mix to make AI turn out to be a win. Our guest this week is Brett Baranek. Brett is the VP and General Manager for Security and Biometrics at Nuance Communications. For an AI company, Nuance is rather large. They were bought by Microsoft not terribly long ago for over $30 billion, and they service a variety of industries. Today's insight is important regardless of your industry, and Brett's ideas about sort of where he's seen subject matter experts play an important role in AI adoption is something I think is relevant for essentially everybody tuned in. Within Emerge Plus, we have a long executive guide on the importance of subject matter experts. Some of you who are tuned in are already Emerge Plus members have already read that. This interview will provide a lot of richness and depth on top of that from firsthand experience. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Emerge Plus in the outro of this episode. But for right now, let's fly right into the insights. This is Brett with Nuance Communications here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Brett, today we're focused on factors that have to do with AI adoption, and there are ever so many of them, but one of them is subject matter expertise and really being able to bring more to the table with a client than just an algorithm. There's a very scant few of the grand scope of AI applications where you just give somebody an API and it solves all the problems. And obviously you guys work very deeply in a number of different industries. How do you like to think about subject matter expertise in terms of its important role for adoption? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a critical ingredient to the success of any AI project. And, you know, I want, you know, your listeners to think about two vectors, right, that they need to think about. So there's one, one vector, which is expertise with a specific type of algorithm. And I think everybody, you know, probably jumped to that conclusion when they first heard your, your intro. But there's another vector that, that's also super important, which is also, you know, how do you apply that specific algorithm? In a specific vertical, right? And All so, day, yeah, you know, applying an algorithm in the financial sector is potentially very, very different than in, in the healthcare sector versus the government sector. You know, as I'm saying it, it's probably going to sound as super obvious to your listeners, but I've seen so many organizations struggle struggle with that fact. And when they do realize that they do need to have that expertise, sometimes you see organizations look for individuals that have had subject matter expert with a specific type of algorithm. And they say, you know, mission accomplished. We've got the right person. That person is going to yeah. educate us through this process. And don't get me wrong. Those individuals are super bright, right? They, they bring a lot of value to the process. But you also need to go to that next next level of expertise and, and 
look at has this been applied into a very specific vertical because of those nuances of how you interpret the results, how you then apply what the AI algorithms are pumping out to your specific business processes. And you know, there's a lot of similarities between how banks operate. There's a lot of similarities how healthcare pro- providers operate, but there's very little that you can learn from healthcare if you're in the in the financial sector and, and vice versa. Yeah. And, and I, I think, well, one of the ways that we can tell a vendor who's young is they serve seven industries and they've raised $20 million, you know, because by the time they've raised 200, if they make it and we get to see them, right? I've been doing this for eight years. They serve two industries. It's very easy to say in the early days before you hit your face against the wall of context that you can apply things everywhere. I'd, I'd love to pick apart, you know, why that contextual industry level expertise is, is so important. Again, clearly the data scientists are critical, but thinking about SMEs who are not data scientists, absolutely important. And your take here is going to be something our listeners are going to want to make note of. We think about why is that local SME so important? There's the workflows that they're working in. That's an important thing. There's the stakeholders and the incentives, in other words, like, ooh, anything that feels like automation, the call center folks at these kind of tiers, they're going to hate it. Like, we can't word it that way. There, there's like understanding of motivations. I would call it political, but it could just be incentives and stakeholders. There's also an understanding of kind of the, the goals of the company or the department. Like, no, where they really spend money and are willing to spend money is actually on compliance. Like, this feels like it's a high ROI, but it's actually not important to people. There's all that stuff that you actually don't get when you get a degree at Carnegie Mellon. For you, what are the other elements up close and personal in business that make that SME valuable? What else do we want to get out of that person? Yeah. So, so Dan, all the things that you mentioned are, are absolutely valuable and pertinent. Maybe I can give a concrete example that, that will add a little bit more insight. Please. So, you know, Nuance is, you know, very well known for, you know, speech recognition, natural language understanding, you know, that, that's where, you know, this company started so many decades ago. And, you know, we learned a lot from, from those experiences. And we have a team of speech scientists who are the subject matter experts of, you know, natural language understanding. But what we've realized is, you know, you apply those algorithms in a context such as, such as finance. And there's all sorts of very specific nuances to how you use financial lingo, how you um, perform a transaction, how you how a consumer speaks to a bank versus how they would, you know, speak to a virtual assistant that is designed to play music right on their their phone. Yeah. You know, an individual, a speech scientist who has been working in the financial sector for years will intuitively know what's going to work, what's not going to work, how to parse data, you know, which, which data needs special attention and also how to plug in, you know, the results of those algorithms in, into business processes, such as, you know, financial model, financial modeling, or, you know, just basic transaction handling. So now take a speech scientist that has, you know, gained this immense experience in, in the financial sector and, you know, have them work on a, a project in, in the healthcare space. You can, you can just intuitively imagine that there is just this massive learning curve that they're going to go through and they're going to trip up, right? A couple of times because all of a sudden, just, you know, the, the lingo that's used in, in healthcare is completely different. As you mentioned, Dan, right? There's completely different motivations of outcomes, right? In the financial sector, you want to make sure that you minimize, you know, friction with, with consumers, right? You want to 
maximize the transactions going through. In the healthcare sector, you want to make sure that you know you get things right and that that you fully understand you know what the practitioner is experiencing with with the patient. And so, you know how how you tune and calibrate algorithms is completely different in healthcare than than you would in the financial sector. And I took those two specific verticals on purpose because I think they're quite far apart in in what the end goal is and what the what the application is. But you can you know mix things up and and add other verticals and and use cases and and the and the and the example still holds. And so you know what I mentioned for you know speech scientists for natural language understanding also applies to any other AI algorithm because there are always these nuances that the individual that is training the algorithms and that's using the algorithms needs needs to be aware of. Yeah, and when the rubber meets the road, yeah, certainly it's so much more than the algorithm alone, healthcare, finance, good enough example to start with. And this takes us to the last question for this interview around putting some of this in action. You know, when it comes to your guys' position as a vendor, or many of our listeners are maybe a head of innovation or a VP director in, in an enterprise firm, and they're going to have to maybe be the liaison between the vendor and, and leadership. It's not all of this whole dynamic is not self-evident. There might be folks that are extremely bright who are running the company who kind of feel like AI is just IT. Well, it does this thing. I mean, buy it like we do the email software we bought and plug it in, right? And so there's some expectation setting in order to get things rolling. And frankly, you know, we say it frankly here, even if it's not the language vendors would use with the people they sell to or internal managers would use with their leaders, education. Sometimes we've got to get people up to speed about really how this is going to work, how much hands-on context and osmosis between these different teams has to go down for this to genuinely click and add value. How do you think about educating through the adoption process? Because I could see it, if, if we try to educate them all up front, they're going to be like, okay, this is a lecture and this is way more than I was signing up for. And if we don't educate them, then they're going to look under the hood three months later and say, wait, we're still cleaning the data? Screw you guys, get out of here. So those are the two extremes. Where do you meet in the middle? So Dan, it's super important that vendors be transparent with customers that they need to get educated themselves on how these algorithms work and how to apply these algorithms in their in their environment. Because at the end of the day, the vendor is going to come in, right, and provide that initial level of education and provide that subject matter expertise. But at, at a certain point in time, right, the customer needs to be self-sufficient, right, and be able to, to leverage that technology and, and leverage those outcomes internally and know how to apply them for you know, whatever application it is. And that's where it's just important to A, assign resources, right? Yeah. That will yeah. have this long-term responsibility of managing, right, this AI tool, right, that the company has acquired. And B, have those individuals become deep subject matter experts. And we've seen a lot of organizations fail to do that first step, right? Where yes, you train a whole bunch of people and they all have different, you know, day jobs. And so they, yes, they, you know, gain that high level understanding of how the technology works, but then they move on to something else, yeah. right? And so if you don't have those full-time dedicated resources that are assigned to the technology that can learn how the technology works and apply the outcomes, then, you know, organizations are going to trip up and then they're going to blame the you know, the AI itself, right? This AI project going to work. Yeah. And, you know, I feel bad for the algorithms, even though the algorithms don't have feelings. Yeah. It's not the, 
not, it's not the algorithm's fault, right? The algorithms work just fine. And I, I feel that, you know, potentially as an industry, right, we, we just haven't made that crystal clear, right, to, to consumers. And, and for obvious reasons, because there is a spook factor like, wait, that's more complicated than plugging in MailChimp. That's more complicated than, uh, you know, this point of sale software we bought for our retail locations. That's more complicated, right? It's, it's, a, it's a different story. So I think the reason that we think it hasn't been told is because it's intimidating. But I think a lot of vendors after the first wave, this is maybe four or five years ago, have learned that actually, if we leave out that story altogether, our reputation's not great and we don't have anything in deployment. And so now we've got to find a place in the middle. And you've brought up two good points I want to nutshell before we wrap up. One is set clear expectations around that this is going to be a competency to learn and develop as, as they adopt with you and be, be transparent about that as a, as a vendor. And two, to kind of prepare them to have folks who can really become subject matter and technology experts and work with the project. If you've got somebody with a day job and, oh, yeah, work with Nuance every now and again. It's like, well, that's not even what I'm being paid to do. It's like, I still have my quota for these things over here. I'm not going to help them very much. Make sure you assign folks who can really be part of that mesh and osmosis. Is that a good way to frame it, Brett? You got it, Dan. Okay, awesome. Very good. Well, for those of you tuned in, those are lessons that are going to apply in every darn industry you apply AI to. Brett, I know that's all we had for time in this episode. Thank you again for joining us here on the show. Thank you very much. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. A big thank you to Brett for being able to join us. I think many of you most likely are on the business side or the subject matter expertise side of AI projects. Maybe some of you are a bit technical, but I happen to know our audience and I know that many of you are on the business side. For that reason, I wanted to let you know about Emerge Plus. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have a long form Emerge Plus Executive Guide on the Importance of Subject Matter Experts. Emerge Plus, for those of you who are not already a member, is our complete library of literally hundreds of AI use cases across sectors, expanding every single week, as well as all of our frameworks and infographics for AI adoption, measuring AI ROI, building an enterprise roadmap, and more. So if your aim is to put these ideas in practice, either as a consultant who's working with clients and needs to build trust, or as someone within an enterprise who doesn't want to try all these things for the first time, but wants to be able to use the good ideas from other business leaders, Emerge Plus might be worth checking out. You can learn more at emerj.com slash P1. That's P as in plus, and then the number one. We have members from companies as big as Microsoft and Verizon, all the way down to smaller consultants scattered around the world. Again, their commonality is they want to take the insights from our podcast and be able to make them actionable, use them with their clients, and not have to rethink the wheel, but be able to use, again, simple frameworks, simple infographics, and a library of use cases to inform the decisions that they're making. So you can learn more at emerj.com slash p1. And otherwise, that's all for this episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I look forward to catching you in the next one.